in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora. Hello, <laughs> hello. Wasn't sure how I was going to start there. Just、uh, kind of、yeah. staring off into the distance. Yeah, it was a bit of awkward silence. <laughs> like we've never done this before. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, everybody. Yes, indeed, this is episode ninety-two of the Two White Chicks in China. I'm Holly, and I'm Nora, and we've got some things to talk about today, don't we, Holly? <laughs> As always, yeah.、Uh, actually, we don't. Other people do. Yeah.、Uh, we have.、Uh, we've had some comments on our Facebook page. So the first one comes from Cameron.、Um, Who said loved the last podcast you did regarding what things foreigners do that may annoy the natives? That was episode eighty nine. If you're interested,、um, I was trying to think of one myself, and I was wondering if foreigners getting tattoos of random Chinese characters seems dumb, funny, and or annoying to a lot of Chinese people. I can say myself that since I've invested time in trying to learn the language,、um, I don't think I'd ever get. One myself. I know that when I see a lot of people here in Macau wear random shirts with English phrases that seem random in nature or just don't make sense, I do get a chuckle.、Uh, it doesn't bother me. It's just a little odd from my perspective sometimes. Keep up the good work on the podcast.、Uh, I don't know.、Um, I did an article for Written Chinese、uh, maybe a year or so ago, and Chamson.、Uh, Our Chinese colleague helped me, and she did get a giggle when we looked. Like I showed her some examples of,、um, I think there's an exact. I think it's one of the like a famous one where he got it says like Chow Man or something <laughs> on his tattoo when he wanted, you know, probably love, peace, and some rubbish. Yeah, yeah.、Uh, I think it does look weird. I don't know if they laugh so much as they just think it's kind of strange、um, to see foreigners tattoo. But then they they have some crazy slogans on their shirts <laughs> yes, and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Something's really quite filthy. They don't. Oh even yeah,、know. they don't even realize. Yeah, definitely. Even children I've seen、mm-hmm. wear those kind of t-shirts. Right. They have just like random, either curse words、yeah. or like racial slurs, just like plastered all over their bodies. Or, or like. I don't know, implying that they're like prostitutes and stuff like that,、mm. especially on little girls. It's just horrifying. But I guess if you can't read it and you don't understand what it means, yeah, like I, no one. I mean, it doesn't matter to them, does it? Yeah, at least they're not tattooing. I've seen very few Chinese people tattooing English words to their body, but I, I have seen it though. I have, yeah. But it's actually not a whole lot of. Chinese people have tattoos, right? In general, it's kind of becoming more popular, but it's just not really part of the mainstream culture here, like it is in the West. Yeah.、Um, but I've definitely seen some kind of strange tattoos. Like I've seen a lot of the Star of David. Yeah, and I think that they just like how like the shape. I don't think they have any idea that's like connected to Judaism or anything. Right. So like you'll see like the Star of David on like some Chinese person's ankle, and you're like,、hmm. mm. I think、yeah. they just like how the shape looks. And I suppose in a way that really kind of is is the same way with a lot of foreigners that get Chinese tattoos. Yeah. They like the look of it, and they. Imagine it has some sort of meaning. They forget that it's a language. I think、mm. almost. 
Um, I think they like the idea that it's, like, secret, that they know what the meaning is, but then they think other people don't know what the meaning is. So it's, like, somehow makes them a bit more, like, mysterious in that way. Because I've also seen that where they've had, like, you know those bands that people get tattooed around their biceps and stuff? Right. So I've seen, like, tie. A lot of times tie is used oh, for yes. that. Oh, yes, yes, I've seen Because that. the typography of tie is very neat. Like, pretty much all the letters are the same height and the mm. same, like, width. So it makes a really neat kind of, like, calligraphy right. kind of style. Yeah. So I've seen quite a few of these Thai or, um, like, Tibetan mm. writing with some, like, sec- supposedly secret message. <laughs> Probably looks ridiculous to a person who actually is native of that language. Yeah. This is my PIN number. Oh, th- my name is... Right. Like, just in case you forget or something. Right. Please pickpocket me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, so it's a nice thought. It's a, a like an interesting question, though. Um, I guess we'll have to find out. Mm-hmm. We'll have to ask Chamson. We'll do a survey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could. Uh, okay, and our, our next question is uh, from Brianna, who says, Hi, Holly and Nora. I'm Brianna, and I'm from North Carolina in the U.S. I'm moving to uh, Suzhou in August for a teaching job, and I've been binge listening to your podcast on my long trips to D.C. for visa stuff. Oh, fun. My husband did that several years ago. Uh, I've never been to Asia before, so I'm trying to get as much input as, pos- as possible. I've successfully listened to 52 episodes the, uh, in the past two months. Wow. Nice. Uh, my goal is to catch up before I leave. Um, when people ask me what I assume my life is going to be like in China, I always refer to this podcast <laughs> and what you guys have taught me thus far. Well, that's pretty cool. That is really cool. Hey, wow. 52 podcasts in 60 days. It's like basically she's spending two hours or like an, at least an hour with us a day. Wow. wow. That's dedication there. Yeah, thank you. Brian. Awesome. Um, and there's, there's more to this, but, um, Brianna also asked us a question, which you will hear sometime in the future. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, this is for you, Nora. Um, this is about your favorite bikes. Mm. Um, so Shanghai recently, um, uh, they basically released a new version of bike, which is in Tuhao Gold. Ah, yeah. I did see the... Did you? But it's not from Mobike, is it? No, I don't think so. I think it's a different no, company. No, it's not Mobike, but they're still the rent of bike. Things. It's another ride-sharing bike company, right? Yeah, cool Chi bike, which I don't think we have in Shenzhen. They say that... But we might. So. Yeah, I, they say that they've come to Shenzhen, but I haven't seen mm-hmm. any yet. The gold ones? Yes. Oh, I'll keep my eyes open. Yeah, blue, blue tires and golden... And they have like what? Well, I'll let you explain. Oh yeah, they're just they're just painted. They're these shared bikes. Uh, We've talked a lot about them. (laughs) Or you just scan the QR code and you take them tootle off, and they're very very cheap. Um, So yeah, they're painted in like a glittery gold. Um, Yeah, what was? Well, and they've got like iPhone charging jacks. Yes, they do. Yes, you're right. Yes, yeah, you're right. And, I did see that in the picture. <laughs> yeah, and like a place to put your phone, and you can even charge it wirelessly while you, while you cycle. Yeah, like you don't even need to plug it in. It's got one oh. of those, um, you know, those wireless chargers right, where right. you just stick your battery on there oh, and it like wow. charges. I don't know how exactly they work, but I've seen these quite a bit in Huachang Bay. They have these like wireless chargers uh-huh. where you just set your phone on top of it and it somehow magically right. charges your battery. 
I'm surprised that there isn't, it just doesn't, sorry, <laughs> let me get my words out. You don't put it on sort of like a, in a cradle and then you cycling sort of powers the Ah. Thing. Maybe that's not too hard enough though, is it? It's too, too much hard work, I think. Yeah, too hard. I will remind those listeners out there who don't know what it is, means basically like nouveau riche. So if anything's mm. like really gaudy and like unnecessarily glitzy just for the sake of being fancy, then Chinese people call it... Tuhao, yeah, yeah, Tuhao. and uh, they also have uh, this is a this is the one cool feature that I thought would would have been a good improvement to Mobike, is that the seat like you tell it in the app how tall you are, and then when you unlock oh. it, the seat like automatically adjusts to your height. Oh, that's brilliant! This article doesn't say anything about that. I yeah, didn't know that. Um, that would be perfect for me because I've had some uh, using Mobike. I've had some issues with the seat mm. thing. <laughs> yeah, um, but for the most part, they're just like really, really gaudy, and people yep. are like making fun of how just. Ridiculous I mean, some of the users were saying like, "Hmm, I'd like to use it, but it looks too shiny to ride." Like people are like too shy to like even approach them. I always imagine there'll be like a like a hazard because they're so bright. Like the yeah. sun will just like shine off them and like blind people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they look ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, so as you said, they are meant to be in Shenzhen. They've been introduced in five cities, Beijing, Shanghai, Hangzhou, Shenzhen, and Xi'an. Mm-hmm. And um, they do cost a bit more than the Mobike. They are 1.5 yuan per 30 minutes. Ooh, <laughs> so cheap. Still so cheap. Mobike, yeah. like, I keep... Getting free money, like every time I, I do, use it, it's small like, amounts. Yeah, small amounts, but still, like, and I keep getting these random coupons. Like, I'll get off mm-hmm. the bike, and it's like, the cost of the trip was one yuan, and mm-hmm. what they charged me was zero. Because I was like, oh, you had a coupon for one yuan. <laughs> cool. I was like, oh, that's nice. So it's like I'm Freebies. like actually earning, earning money. money. <laughs> that's how it should be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This article does mention about the the onboard phone charger, but I I also saw it in the pictures, so I'll link to this in our show notes so you can see mm. the ridiculous color of this bike. When is it gonna stop, though? I feel like at this point, like I thought, because I, I saw another company as well just come on the market. It's a light green bike, which I hadn't seen before. Right. Ah, <sighs> I okay. I'm definitely for this ride sharing. Mm-hmm. For sure. Like, I, I love it. But it's becoming ridiculous in terms of the amount of bikes that are just piled up in certain places. Like, there's, like, near Shangmihu, yeah. kind of like where, in the area where we spend a lot of time, those Ophel bikes are mm-hmm. just, there's like a hundred the of them. That's the yellow The ones, yellow ones. Just, like, smashed together in one place, like, a hun- literally a hundred bikes. It's like... They need to, mm. if they redistribute them, that's why I feel like Mobike's marketing is so brilliant, because they'll actually pay you if you if you pick up or if you drop off a bike in a location where bikes often aren't easy to find, because it helps to, like, redistribute. So yeah. people can literally, like, make money, like, moving bikes from one mm. place to another. Um, but I, the Ofo must not have that, because they always seem to just kind of, like collect and yeah but i do see a lot of people using those other brands those other companies oh yeah i'd be curious to know why they they've chosen those ones instead instead of more bike well i've heard ofo is basically free too oh, is it? yeah and i think the deposit because i think mobike's deposit is one of the highest if not the highest it's like when if you want to use it you have to pay 299 
yuan. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't pay that. It's just held in your account as yeah. a deposit in case something happens to the bike, then they'll charge you. But at any time, you can cancel it and get your money back. But still, for I think a lot of middle class Chinese people, that's a big chunk of cash. Yeah. I think the other ones are like 99. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah so like three times as much is a lot for somebody who's middle class, yeah. I think. But we've talked in the past about there being a difference in quality, like the mall bike is definitely higher quality, I think. Oh, that's obvious from the naked eye. And they've done some, re- it's, it's yeah, those bikes are like four times as expensive to manufacture mm-hmm. than the pretty much all the other bikes. Well, yeah. I don't know about this Tuhao bike. I, yeah, I don't know This Kuchi, Chiku, uh, what is it? What did I say? Kuchi. Yeah, Kuchi. Sounds like Kuchi. Like... <laughs> Not a really good... <laughs> Beep, I guess we have a beep. <laughs> uh, yeah, this this article closes and says, um, it's yeah, as it's we've discussed, um, the color itself is called Tuhao Gold, a shot at China's nouveau riche, infamous for their fondness for extremely extravagant vehicles and accessories. Unfortunately, for cool cheap bike, Tuchi, uh, Tuchi, Tuhao's. Now you've got coochie in your brain. Because <laughs> in English, like, it must be in Chinese because they say cool for cool. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. There, there are the characters, but it's on the floor and I can't see. I'm sure it's coochie. <laughs> I'm sure it is. It must be. Um, two hoes typically rely less on bicycle sharing apps to travel around and more on their personal helicopters. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The real two hoes for sure. Mm-hmm. They but, wouldn't be caught dead in one of the on one of those bicycles. I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> right, so shall we listen to our question? Let's do it. Alright, so our question comes from Simon, but I'll just let him take it away. Hi, Nora and Holly. I really like your uh, podcast. It's uh, great to hear a podcast for people in uh, uh, China who are some Chinese level and uh, talking about how... Uh, life really is. I listened to your uh, Naked in China podcast and uh, I had a funny experience in the gym. Uh, it was after the shower and uh, I was uh, approached by a guy completely naked, all things showing, and uh, he just wanted to make friends. And uh, I was looking for some people to join my Ultimate Frisbee team. So, uh, uh, I did make some, uh, I did talk with him for a little bit, and then he whips out the phone, and completely naked, being like, hey, can you add me? And I'm like, okay. (laughs) So it was funny at the same time. My question is, uh, uh, I had an idea, I'm trying to put together some uh, networking events for uh, people who are in factories and and professionals here, and I was wondering your experience. you ever organized these events or attended them and uh, any good strategies on how to make them successful uh, because I think it's necessary when you're in a second city like Nanjing and uh, other places. Thanks. Oh man, this is this is a good question. Um, I feel for you with this bathroom yeah. situation. Yeah. Awkward. Very much so. Uh, yeah, I've, I, I don't... F- frequent sort of spas and things but I've also been in some strange situations where I've like seen more than I wanted to mm-hmm. yeah the I used to go swimming quite a bit at a pool that had a nice sauna 
And there were some Chinese women there that happened to be there often at the same time I was. And they were, like, doing yoga completely naked in the sauna. <laughs> and a lot of those poses, I mean, pretty much any of those yoga poses are going to be very, you know, you're going to see everything. Yeah, and yeah, it wasn't yeah, a small, I mean, it wasn't a big sauna. So it was like, you're, you're faced to look, you're forced to look at this. You don't have any other options. Why would you do yoga in a sauna? I guess because it's warm and... Because you know this hot yoga. Right. It's a bit different though. Like, I've been in a sauna. I've only been in a sauna once. And I thought I was going to die. Oh, <laughs> it really? It was so hot. Like, I, I mean, I went out and I must have chugged, like, well, a lot of water. Because mm. I'd never done it before and I don't deal very well with the heat anyway. I can't imagine doing yoga in a sauna. Oh, okay. See, I'm, I'm all for that because I've got, you know, like, the Norwegian and... Mm, yes. I've got the... Scandinavian blood running through my veins. So we always just do like hot tub, roll in the snow, hot tub, roll in the snow. I like that extreme change of temperature. I guess they just think, cause they're like drying their swimsuits at the same time. So they put the swimsuits, uh, hang them on the, in the sauna to let them dry really quickly. And then in the process, they're doing these yoga poses. But I don't know what to it's say. It's odd. To be honest. It's odd. Yeah. Yeah, there's very, there's a lot of freedom. I mean, like, people are just really comfortable. Uh, Between the, which is their own yeah, sex, yeah, though, or yeah. their own oh, gender. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. In, like, the changing rooms, everyone's just letting it hang out. And I, I'm sure there are people like that back home, but I don't really remember ever experiencing that. Or maybe it was just because I was a young, like, I was young and everyone's trying to cover themselves up because they're really embarrassed. Mm. But I don't, like, when I would go swimming, I don't really remember anyone just just getting changed, you mm-hmm. know, in the middle of the room. Mm-hmm. But people will do that here. I've definitely seen a little bit more, like in college and stuff. There, people would kind of walk around naked. But I think if they That's approach, an <laughs> <laughs> is that what that was? <laughs> oh no! It just changed my whole view of what happened in college. No, but um, I think. I wouldn't start a conversation with a stranger while being completely naked. No. I think that's kind of the difference. It's one thing to go about your right. business being naked. Okay, yeah, you're in a yeah, locker yeah, room. Yeah, yeah. That's what they're sure. for. But to, like, approach somebody you've never spoken to before, like, just totally nude. And and I love how he said he just whipped out his phone. And yeah. I was thinking, where did the he phone whipped come out from? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, he had a sparring or something, you know, like... What's a sporin? A sporin is, you know, Scottish men wear kilts. Ah. And then there's this black pouch that goes over the front. Ah, That's called okay. a sporin. I wouldn't put it past them because I feel like Chinese people can't live without their phones. Well, anyone, yeah. I feel like, this day and age, if you're born after 1995, or, or just a, can't live without Or them. a bum bag. Yeah. So, which you don't call bum bags. We call them fanny packs. Yeah, which makes which you laugh. Yeah, because sure. fanny means something very different in it. <laughs> British English. <laughs> Where is this episode going? It's I don't so know. smutty. We're just, our minds are in the gutters today. Yes, they are. Well, anyway, let's move on yeah, to the actual question. The question, shall we? Yes. All right, so, Simon, um, Holly and I shy away from organizing events because we, in general, just aren't 
like super outgoing yeah. in real life <laughs> only on the air um and so we personally don't have any real experience we've done with uh written chinese we've done a few kind of casual uh i guess you could call them marketing events yeah. but they were more um like focus groups trying to get people to use our app and watch them and, use yeah. it and we were giving away free drinks to incentivize people to do this. And that was also off the back of someone else's organized event. <laughs> right. It was like a Chinese corner. Oh, so yeah. we were like, ah, just so showed up. So we jumped up. on that bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did. So we, that's the only experience that we've had. Um, but I have been to a few networking events here that have been pretty good. So yep. have you, Holly, right? Yep, yep. What have you checked uh, out? So I have. We've mentioned this before, but we we've both been to the wine and cheese event arranged by uh, Shenzhen Party. Yes. Um, which they are re- they are genuine like networking events. That's what they're set up as. Um, and the first one I went to was. I mean, we really did network. We. I don't think. I. I'm not sure if we came out having met anyone that. Re- would like further us in business mm-hmm. um but we met really interesting people we hung out with them all night we you know enjoyed some drinks and that to me that was that was networking because i felt really comfortable with the people i met yeah well what we did was just plant ourselves at a table yeah. and then like hope just people would come right by to do it. <laughs> instead of like being brave enough to go and talk to people yeah yeah networking is not either of our strong no, points no no <laughs> but but these events are perfect for people who do really want to network mm-hmm. and meet new people in their field cuz people people are from all different like avenues of business i think mm mm-hmm. Um, and while some people, like the second one I went to, that was, um, it seemed like there were people there, they'd arranged to go together in like big groups, so it was, that was less networky, mm-hmm. but people were obviously, you know, they're still discussing business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Have you been to other events? Uh, yeah, I've been also, another thing we've mentioned, Shenzhen Stories. That's not meant, I don't think I would call that a networking event, event exactly, but it's certainly a way to go and people are sharing their stories about life in general, not just actually about life in China, about all aspects of life. Um, but there's definitely um, a sense of uh, community, so you get to meet new people whilst hearing about their life. So... Yeah, I think that t- that was a, a really nice event. I think to. that almost turns into a more ideal networking event right. in some respects because people are meeting together with similar interests true. to just kind of enjoy. Like they don't have an ulterior motive. Very true. They're, yeah, they're it's not more like, relaxed. Exactly, they're not like walking into say like with their business cards ready yeah. and being like, okay, I'm gonna make X amount of contacts yeah. tonight, and then you know I'm gonna use that to further my business. Blah blah blah. It's not like such a specific motive. That's it. Uh, instead, it's more like friendly. It's it just yeah. feels like you're walking into like somebody's house party in a it's sense, true. and they share. So every month they choose a topic, mm-hmm. and then people are invited to um, share their stories. And they yeah. have like some visual aids, so you can share pictures and videos yeah. or music to go along with your story. Um, and then you can choose to participate, or you can just like just watch. Just watch. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's really enjoyable, casual. Yeah. It's free. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that actually, like, the people that I met there, I feel like it's easier to network among them because we're already Definitely. meeting 
with the shared interest that's other than business. It's like, I feel like a lot of the times when you, um, you're seeking out, uh, networking opportunities, you have much more, you get much more mileage out of people that you actually like (laughs) and like spending time with rather than kind of like forcing these artificial relationships out of necessity. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's why I kind of shy away from these quote unquote networking opportunities, Mm -hmm. but I've also had some really good nights with the Shenzhen wine and cheese events. Yeah. Um, and I've gone to, so Michael Michelini, who actually used to work with us here for a while, was helping doing some consulting for our, uh, marketing here. And he runs a really cool event once a year that's called Cross Border Summit. So that's a place for people to meet up to discuss their businesses, um, in the, like, Mostly it's focused on people doing business in the Pearl River Delta, which is like Guangzhou, Hong Kong, Shenzhen. So they talk about a lot of different topics, like a lot of it's like Amazon FBA or like setting up a bank account in Hong Kong or all of these kind of things. And it's a more serious event and you pay uh, quite a decent ticket price, but it's well worth it if if um, you're trying to look for for people like that. And yeah. that, that's been really good. It's like a conference sort of spread over several days, right? Yeah, it is. It's usually two two or three days, I forget exactly. And then they have, like, speakers lined up every day. They have a very, um, like, orderly schedule, mm-hmm. basically. And then they provide you meals. And you're basically, like, on campus the whole day. Yeah. And they usually have it at a nice venue. Sure. So it's pretty cool. Um, so those are the ones that we've attended. I'm just wondering, because he's asking if there are some strategies to make them successful. Well, I think, um, most of the time if I hear about an event, it's through WeChat moments. Oh, yeah. Um, or, or on WeChat, like, uh, if you, if, say, for example, uh, like, Shenzhen Party have their own, and as do we have, like, an official account on WeChat, so they're pushing articles on, like, to you so if you're on top of those um official accounts then you'll see events that are happening yeah you definitely need a wechat definitely. group at least a at least a group if not an official account yeah. if you're just starting out a group is probably fine then you can just add people yeah to the group as you go until you i don't know there's some quota until you reach like 500 or something mm-hmm. like that um just to kind of get you started and keep people informed because definitely reminding people of the event and like counting down the days of the event and giving them hints at what's at the event really help to um, get people to join. Mm-hmm. I'm also thinking that um, having, like, not... Okay, so Shenzhen Story is a little bit different because it's just, like, this open venue, but I yeah. think if you're trying to do a more professional um, industry-specific event, you want to maybe sell a limited number of tickets. Yeah, sure. Um, and I suggest pricing the tickets rather high. Like, instead of making it cheap for anybody to attend or free, I think it's better if you charge money and then offer more value. Um, and part of the reason is that, I don't know how it is in other cities in China, but in Shenzhen, there's a lot of kind of, like, foreigner riffraff here. (laughs) You know, like, people who just, like, show up to those events for, like, the three, the free drinks and they're not really interested in... Agreed. Or, you know, that, yeah, like, they're not really serious about their business. But, like, what I like about wine and cheese, it, part of the reason that I I like it is that the ticket price is so expensive that the people... I mean, it's not crazy. No, no, no. It's, like, 60 bucks or something like that. So it's not, like, insane. 
But and then like it it includes lots of like really fancy wines and like little like cheeses and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, the food so you is do good. Get, yeah, the food is really good. So you do get something for your money. But part of the um, advantage to having this high ticket price is that it keeps out people who aren't serious about their business. Yeah, and if I remember rightly, that if you buy it in advance, it's a bit cheaper or something. Mm-hmm. So you've also got that going back to limiting the amount of tickets. You know, you, you if you really want to go to the event, you're going to buy in advance. You're also saving a bit of money too, but you're aware that if you arrive in the door, you might not get in. Right. Yeah, any standard marketing techniques will apply here. So, like, giving people a deadline to mm-hmm. register in advance to get a cheaper price is always a good way to do it. Collecting people's emails, if possible, is always a good way to do it because then you can, not only can you um, send them information and push them to get tickets, but then any follow-up events, you can you have access to them in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, another, I just want to add one, another thing about the... The wine and cheese, they're always in really nice hotels. Oh, yeah. And I think, I know you mentioned about the venue, but I think that's really, like, it gives it, a, it gives it like, a really classy edge. So you feel yeah. like people dress up as well. Oh, yeah. They really You're make right. an effort when they go. Like, they're not just, it's not as if they're dressing just to go, like, to a bar. People right. really dress up and look smart. Because they're at, like, five-star hotels. And the other thing mm-hmm. that I like about the sh- the wine and cheese is that they float around. Like, it's not at the same place every yeah. time. So on the one hand, it's like, okay, maybe it's more difficult for people to find it. Or, like, maybe sometimes people won't be able to go if it's far. But it's nice because, like, every time it's always this chic new... Like, maybe you've never been to that yeah. hotel before. So you kind of, like, yeah, do a tour it. of the city yeah. in these five-star hotels. And they always have them in, like, a nice... Like, the nice bar on, like, the top floor or whatever. Yeah, that rooftop bar, uh, hotel we were in. That yeah, first time was that was the really Hilton? Nice. No, it wasn't. It was a new... Oh, H or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it was a new hotel that I'd never been to before. Um, but it was really nice. It was really nice. I enjoyed that very much. And a nice, like, outdoor garden kind of thing very really nice um another tip i would suggest is that i've i hear through the wechat grapevine um that there are quite a few like government sponsored events um well let me say this beforehand i suggest for any event that you decide whether to do a chinese language event or an english language event and that you don't try to straddle both um, considering English is your native language, I assume, or at least Chinese is not your native language, Simon, I would suggest you just do English-speaking event. Um, obviously, Chinese people are welcome to join, but don't try to, like, cater to both sides. Because yeah. there are plenty of events out there for Chinese people to connect within their industry, so don't feel like you have to make an effort to translate all the materials and, like, provide like, make people comfortable in China. Because they, I mean, Chinese people always can find that kind of information on, Mm -hmm. they have all these social networks and blah, blah, blah. So I suggest, like, just say, if people ask us their translation, say, like, nope, sorry, like, this is an English-speaking event. And actually, quite a few Chinese people will want to join it because of that. Yeah. Because they'll have an opportunity not only to network with foreigners, but they'll also have an opportunity to practice their Chinese. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's another tip that I suggest is don't worry about creating the content in both languages. Yeah. Just make it an English, um, event. Cool. Um, I had a thought about, um, if you're going to organize an event, um, to have like some guest speakers. Yes. Um, to find people that, um, are in some sort of, 
I don't know, in innovative like area of business or um, I don't know would be relevant somehow. Do you remember we went to the that it, it was the guy who started Zendesk? Oh yeah, that, that was, was a cool. really like that was a really cool event. Um, the other again that was in English, but there was it was did they do some sort of translating in that? I think they had a translator. There was a guy, yeah. wasn't there? But that was a more, I mean, because Zendesk is like a massive company now. So yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. And I think most of the people who attended that were Chinese. Yeah, yeah. So, but we really enjoyed. Yeah, I mean, I had a really good time. Yeah, it was, it was really, really nice, and we like talked to the CEO of Zendesk, like yeah. hung out with the CEO of Zendesk. It was just really easy to to access him. Whereas, like in the West, if you go to Silicon Valley, you have to like fight through a sea yeah. of people to try to talk to these people. But in China, it's kind of nice when you attend these events because you can easily cut through. Because a lot of the Chinese people maybe they're shy about their English, and so they wouldn't dare approach these people. So yeah, that's yeah. like yeah, another tip if you're going to an industry-specific event yeah. in China is that a lot of times you get faster access to high-level mm -hmm. people just by virtue of also being a foreigner. Yeah, and that was such a small event, actually. There was mm -hmm. only, I don't know how many people would you say? Like 50. 50, yeah. There was only 50 of us there, so actually after he'd finished speaking, you know, we all sort of went into the foyer and just, like, started to talk and... In fact, that sort of turned into a networking event so yeah. afterwards. Mm -hmm. I met new people. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I was going to mention, mention before about these, like, um, so virtual reality is, like, really big, and especially in Shenzhen, but in China in general, virtual reality is one of their uh, industries that they're, like, more cutting edge than mm -hmm. others. Um, and I feel like for those, those types of industries where... There's a lot of um, investment that the government often will sponsor or like there's these government programs where they are trying to like foster um, relationships with Eastern and Western business mm -hmm. people. So if possible, did you say he's in Nanjing? I think so. I mean, he referenced Nanjing in the in the message mm -hmm. but i'm not 100 percent. yeah i wouldn't be surprised if the like this the municipal like the government there has some incentives to create these events which foster these relationships between the east and the west so if possible mm -hmm. try to find out if there are funds available or if there's something already started to kind of help you like even just like uh, mentors or consultants for how to put these events together. Because I have a friend here in Shenzhen who does this kind of events um, and they get speakers, like they get a budget to fly in speakers from mm -hmm. all over the world cool. to talk about specific events in this industry, which just happens to be VR. And so she has access to quite a few resources that you wouldn't have just kind of trying to do this solo so that's like another that's a tip you wanna don't wanna overlook for sure. Mm. How about other networking tips and tricks? Well, I reckon as with all things business related, you're probably gonna have or need to have like Chinese like a Chinese member like staff or or I don't know partner even to to help you arrange the event. I think even if your Chinese is, is really great, I think you might struggle to get around or, or even to arrange this by yourself. Mm -hmm. I don't know, what do you, do you, do you, what do you think? 
Yeah, I think so too. I, I mean, I haven't never done it myself, but from what I've heard of just business in China, like most foreigners often have sort of like a Chinese counterpart in some some way. Yeah, you definitely want to try to use your like anything in China. You want to try to use your network as much as possible, which is a practice that has taken me a long time to just get used to. I have, certainly haven't mastered it yet, but. Just go through your contacts in China and think about if they and ask them: Do they know somebody who's done these kind of events? Do they have any suggestions for you? Are there people who own hotels who might be willing to offer you a venue?、Mm. Like, try to do as much as you can through your network instead of just like randomly trying to do it independently. Yeah, network for your network event.、Mm, yeah, exactly, exactly, because that'll get you much farther. And it'll get you more value for your yuan than、uh, than just trying to like randomly like say, oh, I really like that hotel, and then go there by yourself and ask them how much does it cost to rent this place.、Mm-hmm. You're gonna get a really high yeah, cost、right. for sure. So start off using the people that you already know and trust, and try and figure out if somebody can help you out. Like maybe someone can help you with the marketing on your WeChat. Maybe somebody can help you with hiring the venue. Maybe somebody knows food caterers. Maybe somebody、yeah. knows wine. Like, because a lot of people, a lot of these events, like the wine and cheese, it's a win-win thing. Because a lot, I think a lot of the wines that they offer are wines that people are trying to get, you know, yeah, popular. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, promoting yeah. them. So it's like, oh, try this wine. Like all the wine is free flowing,、mm-hmm. but try this one. It's really good. So、yeah. like the wine distributors pay them. To、yeah. to have their bottle. So actually, I don't think that they pay for any of the wine there. I think that the distributors donate bottles. Possibly, yeah. yeah. And I know they often talk about the wine. It's some like I remember that first event. Although I don't remember it the next time. They sort of said, "Oh, you know, th- we've got this this particular wine at tonight's event."、Mm-hmm. So yeah, another cool、great. thing that they do is like a lucky draw. So you can like、oh, yeah. put your business card in a fish bowl or whatever, and then they draw one out and you get some kind of. Pretty cool prize, as far as I remember. But I don't remember. I forget what it is, but I remember being like, "Oh, that's cool."、Uh, <laughs> sorry, that's very、um, vague. But、uh, the point is having some kind of, even if it's just like an open networking event, having some kind of structure where at some point you you stop, you grab the mic, you、mm-hmm. say a few words, you、yeah. let people know、uh, how things are supposed to go.、Um, it helps to kind of、uh, make people feel comfortable. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I, do you have any more tips? No.、Either? No, that's it. I wish I had more to say. I know. Maybe this is maybe sometime down the line, Nora and I will sort ourselves out and maybe do or arrange an event. I、mm-hmm. Well, I can just reference people to check out again Michael、yeah. Michelini's site, Global、sure. from Asia, because I'm sure it's got a lot of. Resources on there,、Definitely. and he's got a membership site there, so you could always join the membership、mm-hmm. and then ask more specific questions. And I'm sure that he'll give you a lot of information because he's the event guy. Like if I was gonna do an event here, I would go to him because that's what he does. He's he's all about this、yeah. kind of networking. So that's a suggestion. Let's globalfromasia.com. I'll link to that in our show notes too. Cool. Great. Sounds good.、Nice. So in Chinese, if you wanna say like make a friend or make a contact, it's to 做朋友 So that's your Chinese word of the day is to、nice. to make a friend 做朋友 which is a literal. It's almost exactly like literal translation. Make a friend. Great. 做朋友 in Chinese. 
So check that out on the show notes, writtenchinese.com slash episode 92. Yes, and there you will also find links to anything else we've mentioned in today's episode. And I also want to mention one thing that we had sort of forgotten about, but it's it's still there. So um, as you know, we are, we work for writtenchinese.com and we have the Written Chinese Dictionary. And actually, if you're a listener to the Two ITX podcast, you can get a free set of flashcards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so um, you can get the dating flashcards um, with you if you use the coupon code 2 white chicks, two, uh, it's T-W-O, not the number. And there are instructions on, um, on our website, but you need to log in online to get your coupon code. So I recommend that you go to writtenchinese.com slash episode 92 and then follow the instructions to get your free flashcard set. Oh yeah, I've forgotten about that. We've had that for a while. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And the words are still valid for the dating scene. <laughs> yeah, I think so. You can still learn them. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, uh, we've been working hard as always on the Written Chinese Dictionary app. So in addition to any questions about life in China, if you've been using the app to learn Chinese or scan Chinese menus or whatever, mm-hmm. we'd love feedback about that. Um, and we are continuing to add new features all the time to that. So Yeah, we always know. appreciate feedback or any ideas that you've got. Like if there's something missing you think that we should include, mm-hmm. you know, we're always here to listen. True. And the study system's so cool now. Yeah. Like... What you do is you choose a flashcard set and then you choose a date for when you want to learn it by and then it literally like feeds you the words that you need to learn every day and the words that you need to review every day yeah. and it's it's just so cool. It was very handy when we did our HSK exams. It was and hey I just noticed more and more people were writing comments also in the word details pages on yes, the online I've dictionary. Yeah I've noticed that too. Yeah. Which a lot is of really cool. That. Yeah it's true. Yeah so don't if you're learning Chinese don't be out there struggling alone like what people do is for so in the online dictionary there are these buttons next to every entry that says learn more if you click that um it's a page just all dedicated to that character or mm-hmm. biogram uh two characters together yeah. if you scroll down you can see like people put uh drawings or like practice mm-hmm. how to write the character yeah. or write questions or create mnemonic devices and now the community is kind of starting to feed off each other like yeah. people are learning from each other and it's a really cool place to make your learning more social especially if you're out there like trying to study on your own right. it can be really lonely and frustrating so check it out add your comments and pictures Definitely. and um champson our swiss army knife of writtenchinese.com <laughs> will answer anything you put on there and correct your sentences she's really good she's really good she's really fast so it's like having a private chinese tutor she's already, isn't it? and um although you can you can leave messages or uh, on any page there's uh, like there's a character of the day every day in the dictionary um, so that's what most people usually post their homework on those those characters. That's right. Yep. So take advantage of that. It's all free, guys. Yep. So no excuses. Check it out. Um, and then, of course, as always, send us a voicemail with your questions about life in Please. China. Writtenchinese.com slash voicemail. Nice. Yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> we'll hope you tune in again next week. See ya. Bye. Bye.